0: This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where we hope to provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for you who are on the journey of living out your passion and purpose in Christ just like us, so we hope you settle in today. We've got an awesome show for you about Easter and the Resurrection people. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I am joined by my dear friends Heather Kim and Michelle Bensinger. Michelle,
1: how are you today in the Easter season? How's it going, girl? Oh, I am doing just dandy, Sister. <laughs> um, I am awake and I've had coffee, unlike a certain Canadian that we're on the uh, show with. And I'm raring to go. How are you, Miss Heather?
2: Hey, you know, I can't be faulted that I live on the West Coast and it is really quite early. <laughs> I think it's actually still kind of dark outside right now as you guys are like up in oh, Adam yep. and your hair is relatively looking good and sister's looking all fresh and nice and I feel like. <laughs> I've been hit by a truck this morning, to be honest with you, but I know I stand in solidarity with a lot of my sisters who are listening as I've just had four hours of sleep and was rushing to get school lunches packed before I ran down here to hop into this. So I'm just now starting my coffee, so hopefully I'll be speaking coherent sentences (laughs) soon.
0: Thanks for taking one for the team, Heather. We appreciate that.
2: Oh, you know what? At the same time, it's like, ah, this is so good to be with you. So it's a nice way to start the day. Mm.
0: It is. It is life giving. And I think we're going to really dive into this great topic today. We're going to talk about the Easter people. And our quote for the day is actually from John Paul II, who kind of appropriated from St. Augustine. And John Paul II said, do not abandon yourselves to despair. We are the Easter people and hallelujah is our song. And I noticed when I was looking at that quote, uh, Saint Augustine said, "We are an Easter people," and that John Paul II said, "We are the Easter people." And I love that kind of specification of we're the people. Like this is our Hallelujah, which is a shout of joy, a praise of gratitude. That is our song. And I don't know about you, ladies, but I think sometimes as Catholics we don't do a great job of living in the resurrection. <laughs> We've got the crucifixion and Calvary down pretty well. But uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite stories is when I used to live in Italy. On Easter Sunday, the priest that was there, he spent so much time making this little rock, like the rock where Jesus rose from, and he had steam coming out of the rock. I mean, it was just so creative of the resurrection and the white garment. And this woman after Mass came up to him and was so angry. And it was Easter Sunday, and she said, you know, we can't forget that Jesus died on the cross. And he said, uh, yeah, he did. But he did that so he could rise from the dead and free us from our sin. But she's like, but don't forget his suffering and death. And she stormed off on Easter Sunday. And I was like, (laughs) wow, lady, live a little. Okay, just live a little in the resurrection. So when you think of this reality of Easter people, which is not always easy to exercise that muscle of praise and gratitude, what comes to your mind, Heather, when you think of that, This, this really beautiful quote, actually, that you submitted from John Paul II, what was in your heart when you did that?
2: Yeah. You know, I love John Paul II. He is one of my favorites for sure. And I have a lot of personal kind of love for him because of World Youth Day. I went to Denver um, to World Youth Day and just his message always was like this really hopeful message, you know. And so when I hear even the beginning part, like, don't abandon yourselves to despair. And what he's saying is that this is the reason for our hope is that Jesus did rise. This is the reason for our hope. If we forget this, if we forget that our that heaven is our home and that Jesus has won the battle for us and that he has made a way for us to heaven, that he did die and rise again, then if we don't have this as our hope, we have nothing, really. So I love this quote, and it's something that I've really tried to live into in various ways of my life. How about you, Michelle? What does this quote mean for you?
1: I, I love this quote. I mean, it when you... When you think of Easter, you know, this is one of the quotes that I adore. And same with John Paul II. I think those of us that are in our season of life, like he was a father to us, like a spiritual father to us. You know, he formed us like his majority of his teachings were pivotal and still are pivotal in my life and formation. But um, I think it's funny because I don't think we live this motto out very well as catholics and i was reading it um yesterday we were talking about preparing for the podcast and all i think of it is medea and hallelujah and so i'm going
2: to be like <laughs> you know your crazy influence on me i thought of that too <laughs> yes and i would have never thought of that before but since you've introduced me to medea i now think hallelujah
1: yeah I have this really strange obsession with Tyler Perry's Medea character. I think she's probably one of the funniest things ever. And maybe because my kids think she's so funny too. But every time she says hallelujah, she says hallelujah, you know, and um, this really funny Southern uh, sassy voice. And so, but um, like, I think for hallelujah is our song, like um, just making that like an anthem, you know, like, okay, here's the resurrection you know, let's get excited about this. Like, this is a powerful thing. I think what sister said is we really do focus on the crucifixion so much and the despair and that we forget that there's an Easter Sunday, you know, um, coming in our lives. And it is a reality in our everyday lives, that Easter Sunday, that resurrection power. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot to think about, you know, um, just living in that resurrection power.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it's very true. Like I I often, when I'm talking about carrying our cross, it it seems like many of us carry our cross in circles, you know, that we're just wow. going around in circles for oh. years, just going, it's really heavy, isn't it? Yeah, it's heavy. <laughs> you know, we just are walking around in the same circle. We're not walking towards the hill to die on the cross to experience the resurrection. And I think that's where we often fall short in the personal living of this. You know, if we think about like, this is supposed to be our song. Hallelujah is supposed to be our song, like the, the song that is welling up in us and, and that is woven throughout our life. But often we're just walking around in circles with a cross and we're not experiencing the hallelujah. We're not experiencing the resurrection um, and being an Easter people. And I think that that is absolutely essential and something that I am excited we're going to dive into today.
0: Definitely, and I love the quote from First Corinthians where Saint Paul writes. He, well, he says, "But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain." And it's like give you a <laughs> yeah. Saint Paul smackdown right there. And And that's true. That's, you know, we know Jesus is God because he rose from the dead, which had never happened before. And he was not just a good man or a wise guru or a philanthropic or person or, you know, all the things that we want to make him to be because it seems safer. Mm -hmm. He is wild and powerful and he's rising from the dead and he's bringing us out of our tombs in ways that we don't even expect. And I don't know. I've noticed lately in my own areas, like this areas of self-protection where the joy seems to be too dangerous or praise seems to be too dangerous or hope that things could change. It just seems easier to live in despair. I know that sounds so weird, but it just, and sometimes it does because our hearts are broken. And I love this quote from St. Paul because he's saying, you know, this is not who I am and this is not the end of the story suffering and sorrow is not the fullest measure of our story because that's not where we're going to end up. We're going to end up in eternal consuming goodness, truth and beauty with God forever. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about just, you know, the power of the resurrection, do you, both of you, maybe Michelle, you could start. Do you have any areas in your life where you really experienced the power of the resurrection? Maybe a glorious mystery that you often go back to in times of those times of crucifixions, that Paschal mystery that we all live out every day.
1: I don't know if i go back to like a glorious mystery or if I go back to, I mean, for me, when I think about the resurrection, I always, I love the readings that the church provides in the season after Easter. And my favorite one is the one that on Easter Sunday, when Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb and she sees him as a gardener. And, you know, for me, I'm such a gardener person, flower person, whatever. And um, so like that part is really symbolic to me that he is a gardener and her desperation to find him, you know, like, where have you taken my Lord? You know, where are you? And I think for me, and oftentimes where I see areas of my life or even especially my children's life that I feel like needs to be restored, I'm like, where are you, Lord? Where, where have you taken? Where, what is the situation? And, um, I love in that passage when Jesus says her name, he says, Mary, you know, it's so personal. You know, and as soon as he says Mary, she says Raboni, which means teacher. And for me, you know, one of my prayers has been like, okay, Lord, teach me how to live in your resurrection power. Teach me how to trust you in areas that need to be restored and redeemed. Teach me to have faith Um, because I still feel like I have to figure it out. Like I need to know all the answers instead of. Allowing myself to surrender and just be open to his teaching and his leading, you know, um, and watch him restore bit by bit. And the more I'm realizing, like sometimes like Jesus was raised for the dead in three days. A lot of times I think the resurrections that I've seen in my life take a lot longer than three days. And so um, I'm in a tomb a lot longer, you know, um, like areas that I have needed to learn how to trust areas, you know, Uh, that need to be broken and restored in me. I've taken a lot longer than three days, but allow him to teach me how he is going to do that. And so, and just be, um, yeah, docile to that. You know, what about you, Heather?
2: Yeah, you know, something I've always noticed about our Protestant brothers and sisters is that whenever there's a song that talks about Jesus rising from the dead, they all begin to cheer you know? And it's something that that has always struck me. I'm like, this is really real to them. Like, you know, why in our Catholic churches or in conversations with one another as Catholics or do we not have that cheer, that hallelujah, that praise of God rise up when we hear about the resurrection? And I don't know, maybe it's because a lot of people were like me for a long time. I grew up Catholic. I went to mass, received all the sacraments, went on a, a traveling evangelization team after I graduated from high school, went to Franciscan University, studied theology and catechetics, went into church ministry after that. And it was that whole time, I did not know really deep in my bones that God could bring restoration and healing wow. and resurrect things in my life that had been really broken and lost. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that that was going to happen on this side of heaven. I thought, that's what heaven is for, and until heaven, we just have to, you know, this is our cross to bear type of idea. Yep. And I don't say that to diminish uh, redemptive suffering or anything like that, you know, but I think it was it was a misunderstanding of what that meant, even. And I lived in a way of, like, just sort of accepting, like, yep, these are the broken you know, audio tapes that are going to run in my mind about all the lies I believe about myself, or this, you know, wounded childhood. This is just going to be here. This is just part of my story, and I settled for that that whole time. I had never really, really encountered the resurrection in my life, personally, in a powerful way. So it wasn't until I was married about two years, um, and many people know this story, but my husband confessed this addiction to pornography and. And it was a very, very difficult time for us, very hard. Um, it, both of us were just completely shattered with the whole thing. And as we began to work through the process, I really, at that point, was like, I don't know if we're going to get through this because I don't know if trust can be restored in the way that it needs to, to have like a really healthy and fully alive marriage. And as God began to intervene and heal us and restore us, it it took a long time, like you said, Michelle, it wasn't a three-day. Boy, I wish it was, because that was a level of pain that I hadn't experienced before. Um, and Jake had suffered for a long time, you know, not through any fault of his own, just being exposed to things when he was young. But as we worked and as we, you know, did counseling and Jake was fasting and all of these various things that went on, we weren't just sitting there in, in a tomb waiting, uh, God began to bring us alive again. And I can say now, I mean, that Jake has never struggled with that issue again. God fully healed, miraculously restored. And our marriage now is something that we never, <laughs> we, I never thought would be possible. I mean, it really is amazing. This was a massive resurrection that happened in our life. And it totally changed the way that I think about our faith and our Christianity, and it is a message that I feel very compelled to share with people also, and to continue to press in in my own life to all the other areas that I need to experience the resurrection. That it is possible. That the resurrection power is possible for us to access now on this side of heaven. Not that it makes all of our problems go away, because God isn't a genie in a bottle. um, But this is something that we need to be moving towards carrying our cross towards the hill so that we can be on the other side.
0: Oh, Heather, I just want to honor what you just said. I, I would imagine a lot of women are going to stop the podcast right here and rewind it <laughs> to what you just said. I, I think you were speaking to so many women and men and whether that struggle with pornography is the spouse or it's it's you personally who are listening. That that reality of resurrection freedom and the openness that the work that God wants to do, the healing power, because Christ is resurrected and is alive and well. I just, wow, that is so powerful. That is so powerful. And I think you witness so well to, you know, the disciples who were able to witness because they've experienced the risen Lord. They've experienced the Paschal Mystery. They've experienced that. And, and Pope Francis talks about that in his Joy of the Gospel letter, his apostolic exhortation, where he um, talks about we're only able to witness to Christ's love to the to the depth to which we encounter Him.
2: Mm. Yeah, Amen. And
0: uh, I think one of the reasons why you we know, we talk about the new evangelization and we talk about this stuff, but I wonder if it, in our hearts, you know, where where have we not encountered Him because we won't talk about things we don't love. You know, what we love, we naturally talk about. Whether it's you know Jimmy Fallon or whether it's like the Dallas Cowboys or whatever it is, our spouses or something we saw on Instagram. I mean. So whatever we fall in love with, we'll evangelize about. And I just, oh, I just want to say thank you for your honesty. I just, that's so powerful, mm-hmm. so powerful.
2: Yeah, you know, I, th- I th- oh, gosh, I thought, I never would have thought I could share that story, you know, ever. Because in all reality, I thought it would still be broken and it would be just this shameful thing, you know. So it's only because we experienced the real power of the resurrection, that I can share that, you know? And I think that for all of us, like, this is what is supposed to happen. Like, as we, as the life of Christ is mirrored in our own life, and His wounds became a sign of glory, that's what's supposed to happen with us, too, that our wounds would become a sign of glory and a testimony to people. And I think that's what we see in in the disciples you know it was their personal encounter with the resurrection that changed like they were afraid they were hiding in a room they couldn't de- they could not deal with what had just happened when Jesus died and it wasn't until they experienced him and thomas touched his wounds that they they were just unleashed in this boldness and signs and wonders and preaching with power and the willingness to lose everything like everything changed because of that personal encounter and so just as you said, sister, the, the personal encounter with the resurrection is absolutely necessary.
0: Mm-hmm. I know, Michelle, you're a huge Pope Francis fan. What do you think about that? How does that resound in your heart? Oh, I think
1: so. And um, I love it about the resurrection story. Like, okay, he's God. He could do anything that he wants. And that he allows the wounds to still be there when he is resurrected. You know what I mean, like, oh, and have, that's how they for, know him. Yeah, yeah, he could yeah. have totally covered it up. Like he could have, you know, they could have totally been healed, you know. But God knew that He allowed those wounds to still be visible to all of us to know Him. You know, and it reminds me, you know, that quote from Saint Augustine: "In my deepest wounds, I saw Your glory, and it dazzled me." Mm. Um, I, you know, that is it, and it's like such a beautiful weave and tapestry. The things that have brought us death in our life are the things that have brought um, where Satan tries to um, bring shame to our life are the exact areas that the Lord wants to use to bring glory into our lives and to bring glory to others, you know, um, to other people. Like, I mean, if you had asked me, I was walking, knowing Heather for many years and being around when all this the crap basically hit the fan mm-hmm. when she and Jake were going through this. Would I ever think, like, when they were going through this, like, oh, my gosh, God would actually use this as a platform to um, display His glory for other people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that, And that's how He works, you know? He uses the things that wound us, and um, He doesn't cover up the wounds. He lets them be a display for His glory, you know, um, which just makes me in awe of him because that's how personal he is. Mm -hmm. You know, he is just so, so personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts. Heather, what are you thinking? I can see your little heels turning.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Always turning. Yes. But I was just thinking like, it's so beautiful that God wants to take away the shame of the wounds, you know, like even for him, like that, that, the, the crucifixion was one of the most shameful exposing ways to die. I mean, it was, yeah, he was hanging naked on a cross for everybody to see and just persecuted and ridiculed, like all of those things. And it's like he took shame and death and everything horrible and flipped it on its head with the resurrection. And that's why he's God. You know, <laughs> like, if, like you said, sister, at the beginning, if he was just a good man and a good preacher and really nice, he was a nice guy, you know, and kind of revolutionary, like, that's really neat. We've had people like that in the world before but no one else has risen from the dead and that is precisely what makes him god and that's precisely why we believe in him because we too need to be raised from the dead and not just when we go to heaven we need to experience mm-hmm. that right now and god is offering that to us right now how about you sister where have you experienced this personally in in your life the resurrection power of god
0: Well, I certainly have experienced it throughout my life and just in my own struggle with my own addiction to alcohol and just a lot of brokenness in my life and a lot of shame because of sexual abuse as a child and some different things in my life that I had done and what had happened to me. I really thought that the wounds were the end of the story and I would always bear that shame. And just recently, God is doing a massive new work in my life of healing and those wounds shining with glory and You know, it's interesting to run into, you know, we talk about triggers in our life and just these seemingly things that happen from day to day. And I I know myself, you know, I think I mentioned that previously, this one that stood out to me is I had this huge reaction to something that was really minor. And I knew it was linked to something far deeper. And it was an area that Christ wanted to bring me to to truth in the resurrection. But I had to allow him to encounter me in the depth of that intimacy And the encounter with God isn't just once when we receive first communion or once when we're baptized. If we're really authentic about it, it happens every day because we live out the Paschal mystery, the suffering, death and resurrection of Christ every day. And so it's that you hunger for him. It's the yearning for him. It's, you know, St. Catherine of Siena. I love one of her writings. She says, you know, the Lord, the more I encounter you, the more I hunger for you. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you just set me on fire and I want to see you as you truly are. I want to see you. I want to taste you. I want to touch you. You come to bear my life, come to resurrection in my life. And it's a process. It's not magical. And I think I know myself a lot of times I want a magical fix. I want to be fixed. And Jesus Christ does not want to fix me. He wants to love me. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to hide under the mask of perfectionism. And if I'm just perfect, God will love me and other people will like me. And that is not the life of a Christian disciple. It's, it's messy and it's beautiful. And it's one of being a beloved child of God. And when I know I'm a daughter of God who's loved, then I can do anything.
2: Mm-hmm. But as
0: long, as long as, you know, I'm offering op, operating from a different perspective of having to earn love or having to hide my wounds and then I'm going to be operating out of striving. I think we did an episode on that. And so, yes, I think recently, especially in this Easter season, God is rocking my world, and amen, because I want to be free. You know, I want to, I want to sing. I want my life to sing. I want my life to be a song of hallelujah. And that's a weak muscle in my life, I fully admit. I, I, I need to be a, go into the weight room of gratitude and joy and start lifting some weights, right? And, that, and then it becomes a practice after that. You know, it's not a once for all. It becomes a daily practice. So that's what yeah. I— think about. And uh, I was noticing this uh, quote um, also that Heather, she's rocking it, man, with the quotes today. But I love this quote from John Paul II. And if I could just proclaim this to everybody listening, this is John Paul. This is our Papa, St. John Paul II, his words to you. He says, there is no evil to be faced that Christ does not face with us. There is no enemy that Christ has not already conquered. There is no cross to bear that Christ has not already born for us and does not now bear with us. On the far side of every cross, we find the newness of life in the Holy Spirit, that new life which will reach its fulfillment in the resurrection. This is our faith, and this is our witness before the world. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Michelle, what do you think about that? (laughs) Well, what stands out to me is the newness of life in the Holy Spirit, you know, um, that resurrection power, you know, um, like... I think the Greek word is for uh, is the Greek or the Hebrew for the resurrection power. What is It is dunamis. Do I, I'm not saying right. Dynamis. Anyway, it's where we get the word dynamite from, you know, it's an explosion, you know, and that's what the resurrection power they are talking about. And so the newness of the life in the Holy Spirit. And after the resurrection happens, this is the Acts of the Apostles. This is the church on fire. This is the church being bold. This is the church with the signs and the wonders. Mm -hmm. This is the church that I love, you know, because it is messy and organic, but it is full of power, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, that is what, you know, um, I really am just more and more convicted and especially like in the last couple of weeks of where am I allowing the Holy Spirit to really take control of my life and move in me and through me and with me, um, and boldness, you know, and, um, the Holy Spirit will make you uncomfortable, you know, and I'm fine being bold as long as I can control it. And that's just not how it works <laughs> for the Holy Spirit. You know, he just wants to have full access, so so you know, and, um, And you look at the Acts of the Apostles and we think that it happened like two thousand years ago, isn't and we read these readings but in mass, but I'm like, Okay, are we really reading these readings? Like, I mean, come on. Like a man was healed by Peter's shadow. That's huge. And we read them, but we don't really take them into account like this is huge. And this power of the Holy Spirit is not something that just happened 2,000 years ago. It is something that is given to us now and accessible to us now and to move in this power now. Mm -hmm. I remember being in school for theology and one of our professors saying us the time between Easter and Pentecost is probably one of the most powerful times in the church, you know? Jump into the river, he always used to say, and swim with the glory, Amen. you know, and so I think that is what he is calling us now, like to, you know, Pope John Paul always said, be not afraid, don't be afraid and jump into the newness of life and the newness of the Holy Spirit has to um, offer, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but-
2: it's, it's much easier, in some ways to just keep it in a little box, like in the Bible, you know, it's like, well, that happened 2000 years ago, and we, and we just look back and remember you know, but that's that's not the message that that Jesus shared with Amen. us. He came to show us how to live. He came to show us how to love and to experience new life. And so this really is the roadmap for us as we read through the scriptures. And I think where we need to go is to start asking ourselves: Am I experiencing the resurrection in my life, or am I just? experiencing carrying a cross or suffering, because God has more for you. That is not what the story on earth is supposed to look like. Yes, we will have troubles, you know, and God says that you will have troubles, but I've overcome the world, you know? Um, So we need to begin to live into the resurrection power of God. And then, like you said, Michelle, after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit comes with power and all of the apostles begin acting in in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is often where we stop. You know, we fall short. But we have a long history in our church of healing and miracles, and this is happening all over the world still today. And we know people who've experienced miracles. There's been miracles in my own family, um, and we just a couple podcasts ago talked about little baby Joy, who was one and a half and drowned, and God rose her from the dead. That was in December that that happened. And this is supposed to happen in our own hearts as well. Um, And that's where we become the witness. This is where the hallelujah and being an Easter people becomes the song of our life. And that's how we share and witness to one another. We don't want to witness about a dreary life of rules. That is not what our faith is about. It is not about telling people what they're doing right or what they're doing wrong, you know, about getting it right and doing the form right. It's it's about this deep encounter with God who wants to breathe life into us so that we can be witnesses and set the world on fire. And that is where it becomes very exciting, this adventure with God as we journey with Him.
0: Amen, and it indeed is an adventure. It is uh, an adventure with all kinds of things that happen. And along the way, like in Narnia and like Lord of the Rings, it really is an epic adventure like that of, of surprises and sorrows and beauties and glories and joy. And the road leads to God himself. Mm-hmm. The road leads to God himself. So maybe our listeners this week, you, you might want to just challenge yourself to look in your heart and see, am I you know carrying a cross in circles or where is God bringing me to resurrection? But also maybe an exercise of gratitude. I know one of my 12-step mentors would uh, often tell me when I got to be a bit too complainy <laughs> she would say it sounds like it's time for a gratitude list and so she would challenge mm-hmm. me to every night before I went to bed write down five things that I was grateful for for she had me do it for a month but even for the next week and, and you can't repeat it a single one and what it does is it forces your things to be grateful for because there is so much God is doing so much in our lives that we often just like the road to the disciples and the road to Emmaus we just don't see it and he comes to encounter us uh, because he loves us um because that's what he does so we have reached the time in our episode, my dear sisters, where we do a one thing—the one thing that is rocking your face off, aside from the resurrection, of course. Uh, so, Heather, do you have a one thing? Is I think it might be Peeps? Last night you texted me a picture of, of Peeps, so it could be Peeps, but I don't want to spoil it for our listeners. So, what is your one thing, girl? Yeah,
2: yeah I said, are we talking uh, tomorrow's podcast about Easter people? And then sister said, yeah, Easter Peeps, and so we had Peeps, Peeps on the brain. Um, okay, my one thing, Michelle. I know you're going to be with me and sort of hate me at the same time. The Abbotsford Tulip Festival is happening right now, just down oh, the road from me. Michelle was dying to go to this last year uh, when she came up. It was actually happening on our retreat weekend, but I was so tired I couldn't go. Um, so anyway, the Abbotsford Tulip Festival is called Bloom. The Abbotsford Tulip Festival happening right now down the street, and it is so beautiful it is just rows and rows and rows of colored tulips of every color you could think of and they go on for miles and it's oh. absolutely stunning so for the next uh week i think there's st- they still have tickets available so i'm going to head down there once it stops raining and enjoy that that's going to be uh one of my little field trips that i take down the road so I'm really excited mm-hmm. about that. And I just love community things. I love supporting community things. And um, I think it's a wonderful way to come together with people and get outside and invite a friend. So I'm looking forward to that. Lexi at the Tulip Festival did was the one who donated all of those beautiful tulips for our women's retreat this year. And oh, they she, she just gave us like hundreds of tulips and they were so beautiful and made such an impact on all the women who came and on our environment. So big shout out to Lexi at the Abbotsford Tulip Festival for that. Sister Miriam, what is your one thing?
0: My one thing occurred to me yesterday, and this might sound very simple and that's okay, is I love a good home cooked meal. I enjoy cooking for the sisters and I just had some extra time yesterday so I could start a bit early and there's just something about, I don't know, I just, my heart as I was cutting the vegetables and just kind of grilling up the chicken and just thinking of the sisters that I was cooking for and just interceding for them and I know life is not always like that but I think there's special moments where I'm just grateful to be able to provide something small for them for their joy and their sustenance and just that we gather around the table and hang out. So this week uh, is just for me a good home-cooked meal, Mm. I do have to say.
2: Mm. Good one.
0: Michelle, what about you, girl?
1: So my one thing is I actually got an, one of an early Mother's Day present early is um, I don't know if you've seen them on social media or not, but it's the letter boards by letter folk company. I'm obsessed with them. You know, they're the funky little boards and that you can put quotes on and letters on. And so my peeps got me one because they're having a Mother's Day sale. They got me one early and I already have it. And of course, I've already put quotes on it. And because, you know, I'm like a quote (laughs) junkie.
2: It's not even Mother's Day and you're just like diving right into your gift. I love it.
1: Um yeah, you know, rules don't apply. Anyway, so that is my one thing from Letterfolk Company, my letterboard. It's beautiful. You can see. I already posted something funny on it. Instagram I'm with it the other day. It's just awesome. Thank you for
0: joining us, dear listeners. And remember, do not abandon yourselves to despair. We are the Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. We want to say thank you to everybody who's left us a review view and a rating. We're so grateful. I'm so glad that the podcast is touching you and blessing you and God is blessing you in just listening and journeying with us. We pray for you daily and we're grateful that you're on the journey with us. If you could please stop by iTunes um, and subscribe to us or abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe to us. Leave us a rating and a review. Pass an episode along to a friend whom you think might benefit. We'd really appreciate it. So until next time, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great day.